by Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit that gives hope to people that were caught in the devastation of addiction or overrun by emotions in this series. Learn how to identify feelings, what motivates actions, and find biblically-based solutions to manage emotions. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 15 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now, here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom. For those you love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program today. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, a few weeks ago, we did a program, uh, and we kind of ran out of time, didn't we? We did. It was on depression, and uh, we had a lot of information. In fact, we have a lot of information on depression, and we tried to fit it all into one program, and it kind of like had everybody drinking out of a fire hydrant, sort of speak, and... Uh, so I wanted to apologize for that, but we, as we promised last week, uh, that we will do a couple more programs on depression because this is a, a topic that's very dear to my heart. I've lived through it, and when someone in the family's lived through it, that means someone else in the family also lives through it. Because so Susan's lived through it, and and it's very important because um, just like I told a friend of mine one time when I saw him and he was on drugs, and I walked up to him and said, "Randy, you don't have to live that way." Um, you know, maybe with depression, you don't have to live that way. So we're here today to bring you hope. And I also have some good news. We have a surprise for you today. We have a good friend of ours, Dr. David DeRose, is here to help us with our discussion. But before I introduce Dr. DeRose, uh, Susan, would you open today's program with a word of prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day of life. We thank you that you offer us hope, not just a, a future hope, but hope for today and and for any struggles that we may be um, going through. So we just ask now that you would send your spirit to be with us and to guide our minds and to be with everybody listening. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Dr. DeRose, Susan and I would like to welcome you to the program. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you. It's great to have you here. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do all day? Well, boy, that would be a whole story in itself. I, I wear a lot of hats, but as far as things that are relevant to this program, my work over the years has uh, been pretty varied. I've done a lot with lifestyle change. My boards, my specialties are in internal medicine and preventive medicine. Okay. So that's brought me into the mental health field. It's brought me into the whole lifestyle change area because really prevention is largely about the choices that we make. And so it's, it's all you, kind of tied together, isn't it? All tied together, and mental health is a huge component in that. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the things that attracted uh, Susan and I to the health message when we got clean and sober is that, you know, if you don't feel good, you don't feel like getting right spiritually. No, you're exactly right. And uh, Jesus went around healing and teaching, and it seems to me when I, as I read the Bible, he healed first, and then he taught. Because if someone doesn't feel right, it's hard to get into the groove. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were kind of wondering, as we start the program, if there's someone out there listening right now who's suffering from deep sadness or depression, mm-hmm. um, what would you say to encourage them? Well, one of the things, Rich, of course, you know, we have the privilege on this show. Uh, not everyone has this privilege in different settings, but really to point them to the true source of healing, and that is our Lord and Savior. 
And the bottom line is no matter how bad things look to someone, there is hope. I mean, God has not abandoned you. I mean, that's one of the, the feelings that sometimes people have with depression, right. that they're not worth saving, that God doesn't love them. And this is just not true. The Bible uh, is full of ample evidence that everyone is of value to God. And so someone that's listening they may not be getting a lot of affirmation at the workplace or in the family, but uh, God has a special place in his heart for them, and, and he wants to heal them. That inability to construct a future without God is, is difficult, isn't it? It's rough. Now, sure, there are many people that are highly functioning. They don't think they need God. I mean, we know the, biblically that's not true. I mean, God's sustaining them, giving them everything they have. But when you're down... And if this world is not looking very good to you, your friends don't look too good to you, if you don't have that hope of something beyond this life, uh, you're really in dire, dire straits. Yes, that's true. So, well, let's talk a little bit, because we, we kind of asked, you know, what would you say to somebody as far as encouragement, but what would be the signs of depression? Well, there's a variety of signs, and we could run through a list uh, fairly briefly. Uh, deep sadness, you've already alluded to, Rich. Uh, something else, though, that some people don't always think of as a depressive sign is just apathy, just having a disinterest. Mm -hmm. You say, well, what kind of hobbies do you have? Well, I don't have any. I mean, what do you do for fun? Um, and nothing much. Uh, that kind of thing should, should raise red flags in family and friends, if not in the person, him or herself. Uh, you can be agitated. Uh, there's agitated depression as well as depression where you're just withdrawn and very tired, sleeping a lot. You mean agitated like uh, annoyed by a lot of stuff? Or? You could be. You could be uh, just kind of on edge all the time. On edge all the time. Yeah, so that can be what we call an agitated depression. You can have very morbid thoughts, uh, mm. thoughts of you know taking your own life or you're, having, you know, you're hearing voices sometimes. They don't have to be psychotic. Uh, you know, to hear voices. I mean, sometimes we hear things in our brain that we're not totally out of touch with reality, but we have these intrusive thoughts. Right. And we're thinking, you know, just kill yourself, just get rid of it, you're not worth it's it. It's not a literal like voice, just... but it's just this very strong... Exactly. And people yeah. describe it as a voice. Usually if people are actually hearing and seeing things that aren't there, we say they're psychotic, they've made a break with reality. Right. Right. What about sleep habits is... Well, it's interesting. You, typically, we see sleep disturbance with depression, but it can be where people are they're agitated, they're not sleeping well, or they can just be laying in bed for hours at a time. They just can't get up. They just can't get going. Right. Yeah. And it's the same with weight. Um, weight and appetite, same story. I mean, some people gain weight. They're overeating. Other people can't eat. They lose their appetite completely. So it's, it's, it's based— The whole cluster That's of stuff. interesting how it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other end. Exactly. And right. you, so you can't just say, well, you know, they're it's eating this. well. They're eating well, so they can't be depressed. Right. Yeah. Right. Would, would, would we say that depression is a chemical imbalance? Well, clearly, everything that's happening in our brain is based on chemistry. When we talk about these neurotransmitter, these the neurotransmitters, these brain compounds, that's what they are. It's chem chemical messenger, messages that the brain is sending from cell to cell. So when you're sending bad messages, you actually, very literally, have a chemical imbalance. You're making bad chemistry. You're making bad chemistry. You know, we talked about that in addiction, about how powerful your thoughts are. Right. And, it, if, and I can't remember the exact quote, but to what you're thinking right now actually changes the chemical composition and the structure of your brain. I think that was in one of the documents that we 
uh, have in our book about mm-hmm. it actually changes the chemical composition and the structure of the brain is what they found out. So the thoughts are very, very important, aren't they? It's powerful, and some of those thoughts are, become habits. So mm-hmm. when there's a certain cue, if we respond in a certain way, we develop a habit. You know, every time someone looks at us the wrong way, mm-hmm. we start thinking we're inferior. I mean, that can be a, a pathway that's actually burned in the brain. Exactly. Or your reaction to any certain circumstance can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, there are certain circumstances that I had to get the victory over that I would actually just see, and it would automatically change my mind to a negative um a negative pattern and there's certain things that we go on through i mean if you're just sitting in a traffic jam for instance mm-hmm. you can have that ruin your whole day if you wanted oh, yeah. to yeah it, did. <laughs> it, it seems like a, a lot of it is uh, unlearning that bad behavior Un- and those bad mm-hmm. behavior bad habits and replacing it with the better thing and i think that that's what the bible teaches us too is you know we come we when we come to God we have all of this the stuff that we've done in the past and He says well by beholding me you can become changed mm-hmm. and so so it's a it's a process of the renewing of the mind in many ways I think I mean that, that's very true because what happens a lot of what brings us down is what we call our self talk what we're telling ourselves right. and how you interpret that traffic jam you know whether it's uh, another obstacle or whether great you know i finally get to rest and just sit here and listen to music you could turn it into either one all exactly. right you could sit there and just be frustrated out of your mind or say you know what i'm going to i'm going to sit here and put my headphone on and listen to uh some classical music or turn it on kfia radio or whatever you may want to do and, and just enjoy the time. Yeah, they may not let you put the headphone yeah, on. Yeah, that's said, against the law. Side, no, I put one side on. Oh, I think okay. it's legal to do that. Okay. I hope it is. We that's don't want people I'm... getting depressed that they got pulled over no. listening to the show. So we've talked a little bit about the symptoms or the signs, but in your opinion, uh, what actually causes depression? Are there actual things that actually cause it that, that we've nailed down? Well, one of the interesting things that uh, we look at a lot at Weimar, and uh, many of your listeners may know Weimar Center of Health what, and Education. What is Weimar? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Weimar is a health center. We're about 45 minutes outside of Sacramento toward uh, Lake Tahoe, just off of I-80. And Weimar really specializes in intensive lifestyle change programs. Our president is Dr. Neil Nedley. Dr. Nedley has a similar background as I do in internal medicine. But Dr. Nedley years ago realized that more and more patients were coming to his practice Mm -hmm. who had mental health issues. In fact, when he first started reading the literature, he didn't believe it. They were talking about the large percentage of people that come to an internal medicine doctor. Usually, Rich and Susan, just for our listeners' benefit, most people come to a general internist like myself because they've got heart disease or digestive problems or orthopedic problems. Uh, But... The statistics were saying, this was even years ago, that a lot of these people are depressed. And so Dr. Nedley started looking at this, and he went to the literature, and he found that there was over a 100 causes of depression that had been identified in the literature, and he divided them into 10 basic categories. So when we run programs on depression at uh, Weimar, we focus on these 10 hit categories, these 10 categories 
that uh, actually increase our risk for having a depressive uh, episode. Okay, so we kind of narrow it down then to what these categories are. Then we look at these categories and see and try to identify and see if we can deal with any of these categories in, in, in specifically and try to improve in these categories. Is that how we do it? Exactly. That's how it works. And some of it is, is diagnostic. Some of these things are not modifiable. For example, one of the hit categories is genetics. And there's nothing any of us can do about our genetics mm -hmm. as far as the actual genes. But we're now learning through the science of epigenetics that we can turn genes on and off by lifestyle choices and other environmental factors. Well, that would be very important, and especially if that's one of the hit categories in depression. I know that uh, when I have got clean and sober, I really wrestled with depression. But I also know that there were some people in my family, my grandfather and my aunt, that really uh, struggled with depression mm -hmm. and also and my mother also and so it's kind of a family kind of a deal and I always wondered about that yeah and it's always hard to develop uh, a construct or come up with a diagnosis as to whether it's nature or nurture so mm -hmm. nature would be the genetics nurture mm -hmm. is how you're raised that's actually the second group of categories are developmental things. Developmental, so how you're raised versus your actual genes. Exactly, and, and those often overlap quite a bit. Although right. we're learning more about genetics that may predispose to depression, if your family is predisposed to depression, it's likely they're probably behaving in ways that are counterproductive to optimal mental health. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Right, if so they're intertwined. They're, yeah, bit, they're right. intertwined, and these would be two things that right now, me at age 57 really can't do a whole lot about how I was raised or my gene pool. Exactly, but there's a lot of things we can change. Right. Those are the okay. modifiable factors. So That's these, what we want to look yeah, one at. One of the yeah. huge ones that is getting a lot of attention today is nutrition. Nutrition is just really big because we can actually modify brain chemistry by changing uh, the raw materials that we take into our body. Really, that's, that's interesting. So there's actual chemicals in food that help your brain. Definitely, no question about it. And the, and so then on the other side, those there are definitely foods that hurt your brain that can lead to maybe a, having a depressive episode. Oh, you're connecting all the dots, right. exactly. Yeah. Uh, let me give you an example. One of them that we know very a lot about is serotonin. Most people that have depression are probably aware if they're on a medication treating their depression, it's likely a medication that's raising serotonin levels in the brain. Well, serotonin is actually made from an amino acid that's a protein constituent or protein building block called tryptophan. If we can increase the deliver, delivery of tryptophan to the brain, mm -hmm. we can increase serotonin levels in the brain. And, and we actually know how to do that nutritionally. Okay, so but me being a recovering drug addict, can I just go to the store and buy me a nice big old jug of tryptophan and Is go it, for it? It's a really interesting, really interesting <laughs> question. You definitely need the raw material. You need the tryptophan. But what's really interesting about this is it's not simply what you eat in the form of tryptophan, it's also other things that you eat. Because you have to be able to get these constituents, these building blocks from the blood to the brain. We have something that uh, physicians talk about called the blood-brain barrier. That means the brain is somewhat protected. Not everything that you eat goes right to the brain. And uh, there's a whole host of things that we eat, other amino acids, other protein constituents that compete with tryptophan to get to your brain. Mm. Okay, okay. And also, I, I, you know, I've heard, but I don't know, maybe you can explain this a little bit better. I've heard that if you were just to eat some, uh, like, L-DOPA or something like that in a supplemental form or something, that 5% or so may 
may go through the blood-brain barrier, but then you're going to suffer with a bunch of side effects from all of the rest of it that's in your system. Yeah, the challenge with a lot of these uh, things is it's what happens at the brain level, not what happens systemically. Let me give you an example. If you want to get more tryptophan to your brain, we know that you want to eat a high-carbohydrate diet, especially the complex carbohydrates, your beans, your whole grains, uh, your potatoes. Why is that? As you raise those carbohydrates, it increases insulin production. Insulin helps amino acids move, but it also changes the relative amounts of some of these amino acids in the blood because of the insulin-related effects. It actually increases the tryptophan delivery in the brain. It's really ironic. You'd think we'll eat high protein. People that eat lots of protein, lots of fat, they actually decrease tryptophan and tyrosine delivery to the brain. Tyrosine is involved with other neurotransmitters. Okay, well, this sounds... It's simple, but it's complicated, but it's simple. In other words, we're going to eat a certain type of food, and that's going to help our brain to absorb what it needs to absorb and to metabolize it, I guess, or whatever you want to say. You're right on, Rich. I mean, instead of going through all the chemistry, I mean, the bottom line is you want to eat those kind of foods that the Bible speaks about in the first chapter of Genesis, those whole plant foods. And these are the foods that really give you optimal intellectual functioning. So let's kind of review. Let's just... Let's throw some of those foods out there. What would we? What would be a good balanced diet? Because you know we talk about a balanced diet. Everybody says, you know, well, what you need to, to help yourself out is to eat a balanced diet. Okay, but what is a balanced diet? Well, in my book, a balanced diet, and as far as a lot of the research with chronic disease and mental health, it's really pointing us in the direction of a plant-based diet. So eating lots of fruits, whole grains, vegetables, some nuts, some seeds beans. A lot of people, when they hear this list, they say, well, those aren't the main foods I'm eating. Well, that may be partly why you're having problems. Right. Um, all those animal products tend to make inflammation worse in the body. They tend to impair nerve transmission because they make the membranes of your, uh, of your nerves, if you will, stiffer so that those neurotransmitters don't even work as well. And then you don't get the raw materials, the tryptophans, the tyrosines in there that you need to make things like dopamine, like uh, serotonin. Okay, so so what if I say, yeah, I want to be, I want to get better mentally, but I really don't want to go the diet route. I mean, because I hear that a lot. I mean, is it, I mean, is you're, you're, you're saying it's pretty much, if you've got issues, you really need to get your diet well, diet, diet's diet. a huge a huge part of it. I mean, if someone's totally resistant to it, I mean, sure, uh, exercise is a huge factor. Avoiding toxins. I mean, the common drugs and chemicals that people uh, take in, whether they think they're drugs or not, things like alcohol, caffeine, uh, getting adequate sleep, adequate rest, uh, on a, being on a regular schedule. So there's a whole bunch of other things beside diet, but diet is really huge as far as giving you those building blocks. It's kind of like, you know, when you're it just it's in the simplest forms, you know, what kind of fuel are you putting in your car? Oh, excellent. You know, are you putting in water? Well, what's your car going to run on on water as opposed to the gas that it needs to, it, you got to feed feed it the right source so that, so that the energy can be outputted correctly. No, I mean, you're exactly right. God designed our, our cells to work best on a certain kind of fuel, and, I mean, it's amazing to me as a physician. It's in the first chapter of Genesis. I mean, you don't have to read very far in the Bible to come to it. And I, and I think it's, you know, if you, not for an excuse, but it, things have become, it seems like, so complicated. Everything is supposed to be, we're progressing and everything else. But, in fact, it looks like we're going backwards. Like, things are getting harder and worse, and our bodies are, are getting worse and worse if we just go back to the simple things of life. 
It's an amazing insight, Susan, because if you think about it, what were the easy foods when God first created mankind? I mean, they're the fruits, the vegetables, just pick them off the tree. Just, and you well, can eat them. What's easy now? We think easy is picking up a bag at the, you know, at the gas station. You know, I'm hungry, so give me one of those crinkly bags. Well, these highly processed things are usually loaded with, uh, with fat, and they're not helping our brain chemistry. Wow. So, you know, you would think that it would affect the waste, but you don't really think that it affects your brain chemistry that much. Susan said something um, a little earlier about a, it being a process. And I can kind of testify that. I got. I don't want anybody to get jealous, but I have the best wife in the world. We're not going to have an argument. But, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, just uh, not we won't yeah. argue not on the air. Yeah, here, right. But, but yeah. no, she, she gets me the right fruit, blueberries, kiwis, uh Bananas, grapefruits. And so there's probably six or eight fruits, that different fruits that I eat every day. Mm -hmm. And it is a process because I have not felt better in a long time, but I've been eating these fruits now for a long time. It's taken uh, several years to start actually feeling better from the damage that's been done Mm -hmm. uh, over, you know, over the 25 years of addiction. And and not only that, but I think you live for so long being with a depressive state, more or less. And so, you know, come 50 years old, uh, having to unlearn everything, trying to live a new lifestyle, trying to, to get new foods and all that, just learning, it it takes a while. And then to get that chemistry back to where the optimum level. Right. And so that's what we're, so we got to remember everything that we're talking about here is a process. It ta- So you want anybody just to panic and say, oh, I got to, I, I want to feel better. So I got to run out and, and buy all this stuff and change. And then I don't feel better in one week. What's wrong? Uh, it, it doesn't really work that way. However, you will feel better in a short amount of time. Will you not? It depends how bad your lifestyle is. The worse it is, the quicker you can make improvement when you change. And, and there, I know that there were some things that we really, um, implemented it was walnuts mm-hmm. omega-3 fats. Fla- yeah. flax seeds mm-hmm. we yeah. did that and what else there were there were a couple of other things that we added immediately Tofu. and and we saw a big yeah. a, a big change that's a big piece of the puzzle we didn't really speak about that but the so-called omega-3 fats most people think they're fish right. fats right but fish get them from plant sources <laughs> right and exactly they come in nature from plants walnuts and ground flaxseed mm-hmm. two excellent sources of omega-3 great for the brain it's actually clinically been shown to help with depression great you know what we're going to we're going to run out of time here in a little yeah. bit. This is fascinating. I would like to invite Dr. DeRose back next week if he'll come back and uh, spend more time with us. Because this this is good stuff. This is fascinating to me. Because uh, through my life, I've been, you know, I've seen the ups and downs and the bads and the goods. And what he's talking about is just validating what Susan and I have lived through as far as trying to get the brain chemistry right by doing everything that we can, you know, because there's certain things that we can't change. I cannot change the way I was raised. I cannot right. change my genetics. There are certain things we can't change, but there are certain things we can do things about. Exactly. And but, so, well, hopefully next week we'll talk more about more of the lifestyle. I know we've, we've covered a little bit of the nutrition, but maybe we can talk about yeah. lifestyle things that can be changed because I know that's also helped both Rich and I, and, and getting into schedules and things like that and, and what we do. So All right. So now, it, bef- before we get too wrapped up here to the end, I want to uh, give you a website. Get a, get a pen and paper. Um, if you know someone that's struggling with deep sadness or depression, 
write down www.drnedley.com. He has a depression recovery program. Mm -hmm. Or there's a number you can call for the Weimar Center of Health and um, uh, Weimar Center of Health, and that's one eight hundred five two five nine one nine two. And there are many things that you can do to help yourself um, get get well, feel better. That's right. And you know what? You're not listening to this program out of chance. Uh, I think I know that God arranges for for certain messages to go out, and this is a real important one. So. This is a very important one. Dr. DeRose, do you have any closing words? I just think it's encouraging. There's lots of options. People don't need to give up. God's there for you, but it's not just God somewhere out there. He's giving you instruction. Like you said, Susan, this show pointing in the right direction of a healthy lifestyle, good diet, goes a long way. What's the number again? The number is 1-800-525-9192, and it's www.drnedley.com. Dot com. So as we wrap it up today, Dr. DeRose, I didn't get a yes or a no. Are you coming back next week? Uh, we'll try to do our best. We'll try okay. to do our best. He's going to leave me. The Lord hang- willing, I'll be here. Yes. <laughs> okay. As we close now, we'd like you to keep in mind that there is a difference between having emotions and your emotions having you, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in captivity, overrun with the devastation of addiction and unmanaged emotions. Rich and Susan are living testimonials, and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction and unmanaged emotions, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to www.justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.